Products and or services which may be advertised during this program are not necessarily endorsed by the program. Prog Watch. Music that tells a story. With your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prog Squatch. Welcome back to Prague Watch, my friends. This is Big Tony, your host, and I thank you for coming along for the ride once again. Also, special thanks to all my supporters on Patreon, my patrons of the Progressive Arts. If you enjoy Prague Watch and it has some value to you, I'd ask you to consider supporting my efforts here. You can find more at patreon.com forward slash Anthony Rousick or by following the Support the Show link at the top of the homepage of progwatch.com, and that's P-R-O-G-W-A-T-C-H, all one word, dot com. If supporting the show in that way is not your cuppa, how about sharing my posts on social media? Likes are nice, but shares help spread the word to a larger potential audience. So I'm very excited to tell you that this week I'm doing a bit of a different kind of interview and feature presentation, centered on the owner-operator of Melodic Revolution Records, Mr. Nick Katona. I've interviewed many musical artists over the 10 years that I've been doing the show, so when the opportunity to talk with Nick popped up, I figured it might be fun to get a look at the prog rock music scene from a different perspective, the perspective of the record label. In addition to some of our chat today, we will be hearing lots of great music from the Melodic Revolution Records stable of artists. Melodic Revolution Records, or MRR for short, has a slogan that describes their output as music you didn't know you would love. And I'm going to start the program with some of that. A track called Via Valencia by Gail Ellett and the Electromags.
Again, that was Via Valencia by Gail Ellett and the Electromags, which features their friend Alfonso Rodenas. You can find that on their new album called Friends. Now let's dive into the first segment of my interview with Nick Katona, founder and owner-operator of Melodic Revolution Records. All right. So uh, first, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the program. Uh, it's uh, beyond an honor and a pleasure to be here. Thank you for uh, inviting me. All right. It's, uh, it's going to be all our pleasure, I believe. So uh, when I do like artists, I like to talk about their early formative years a little bit. And I figured, hey, the same would apply to you. You know, I mean, obviously, you're very passionate about music. You started a record label. You're trying to get music that is not necessarily uh, mainstream, you know, out there and, you know, have it heard. So, I mean, what 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 was your motivation to start a record label? You know, were, were, are you a musician or did you come from a musical family or do you have a lot of musician friends? Um, n- not a musical family, uh, other than the fact that my mom, I remember even as far back as, as being, you know, just a little toddler, my mom would sit around and, uh, on, on Sundays we'd sit around an old entertainment system. I don't know if you remember those back in the, from back in the fifties and sixties, it was just the console, like the, and, the console thing where it was all console, the exactly. And we'd yeah. sit around the okay. console every Sunday. And my mom would play forty fives from like the Beatles and Elvis Presley and Bo Diddley and you know Simon and Garfunkel and just uh, an array of stuff. And and so since that point, I was you know really fascinated with music. As far as a musician goes. I'm a failed musician because I never tried. <laughs> just one of those things. I always wanted. To, I always wanted to try an instrument, but uh, just never really had the time and the discipline that it takes to um, do something like that. Yeah, uh, likewise. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm also a failed musician, more or less. I, I was in a handful of bands, and I, I, I would dabble in my own home recording, but uh, yeah, nothing ever too serious, you know. This, yeah, you got a family, you got other things, you got a job, you know, a day job. I was never going to make a living at it. So, yeah. But back so, to your story. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I, I like, you know, I like to hear the other side. It's, uh, I did interviews for a long time, as you know, from, you know, with Air Radio and, and House of Prague. So I, I love doing interviews. It's been a long time since I've done one or been interviewed myself. Really long time to be interviewed. Um, so as far as the label goes, um, what happened was I had a record store. My wife and I had moved up to New York for a job of hers, and we lived in a small, quaint little New England-style town that looks like a Norman Rockwell painting, and there was no record stores around. Um, There's a bookstore, but that was it, and they didn't sell records. And I thought, well, this would be a great place to open up a record shop. And my wife says, yeah, why don't you? So we did. Uh, to make a long story short, two years after we opened the shop, um, I treated bands much differently than other record stores. So if you went into like Tower Records or Amoeba or even your local record shop, you know, and you'd go to the record bins, whether it was CDs, cassettes, or LPs, uh, depending on the area you're from, you would see band cards that would say the band's name. But it wouldn't be for every band. It would only be for bands that were famous so like you'd find one for yes but you wouldn't find one for another band with the letter y or mm-hmm. acdc but you know 
Um, a lot of the other bands with that started with A, you wouldn't find one. And it went so forth and so on. And I understand why they did that, because uh, I was exactly opposite. So when I opened my store, I thought that if you were, if you had released something, that you were important enough to have your own Ben card. So I would install one of those into for every one of my artists that, that we sold. It didn't matter who you were. Um, the reason a lot of the places don't do that is because a Ben card, whether it's cardboard or plastic, is like, you know, a sixteenth of an inch thick, but you take, you know, X number of them and you're at an inch. And if you got an entire store, you're losing a lot of real estate. And I didn't, I didn't really care about that. I preferred to um, showcase people, which goes to the next portion. We had a lot of bands that were local that wanted us to sell their stuff. And I didn't, I didn't believe in, in segregating them and having a, an indie section like some stores did uh, that I discovered over the years. So I also put them in the same section. And again, I gave them a Ben card. So how cool is it if, you know, uh, your band name is Yeti and, you know, you come right out, you know, right after yes. Right. Yeah. And, and you're a local band or, we even we even sold CD CDRs um, by elementary kids that had bands. They burnt CDRs and they took paper and stapled it together and they drew on it and stuff like that. And they threw it in the store, and uh, I, I just believed in helping out anyone that needed help. And two years after we started the store, someone said, "You know, you're really good at promoting, and I, we really love how you do this. We'd love to be on your label." Said, but I don't have a label. <laughs> they go, well, you should. If you did, we'd want to be on it. So, uh, needless to say, I, I gave it some thought. And um, so, Melodic Revolution Records uh, was born in 2006. We had two artists that we had signed at the time, Echoes Landing and um, uh, Lori Larson, uh, who is no longer on the label, but Echoes Landing still is. And um, that's kind of how it got started. That's 17 years ago, huh? 17 years, yeah. October 1st was our, our very first, uh, our, our anniversary for not only the store opening 19 years ago, but 17 years ago, uh, the our label. We we kind of rolled the, the date together. It might have actually been like mid to late September when the label actually got started. But just to keep things simple, I did this with my marriage. Um, <laughs> we, uh, no, we did seriously. So I met my wife on the 16th or uh, the the 23rd of December. We got engaged the following year on the 23rd of December, and the following year we got married on the 23rd of December. And it's just to simplify things, you know. It just <laughs> makes it one day to remember, not a bunch of different anniversaries. Yeah. So, like, would they say Einstein had the same suit or whatever, so he didn't have to spend time worrying about what to wear every day, something <laughs> along those lines? Somebody, I heard that story about some smart person. What sounds like he had a pretty smart idea there, too. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's smart, but it's uh, definitely not something that everyone does. Yeah. I just did it to simplify things. And so, like yeah. I said, so when we decided to do the anniversary, um, even when I started Power of Prague, we started that at the end of September, and I call that October as well. So there you go. Okay. So uh, obviously in the beginning, you probably had many roles. Do you still 
are you still very hands-on? I mean, are you the A&R guy, I guess, artist and repertoire, you know, uh, uh, you know, how involved are you, uh, you know, in, in seeking the talent, uh, deciding what, you know, tell us what, what are the trials and tribulations of running a record store in the modern climate? Well, the record store closed in 20. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant a record label. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, the I'm record sorry. store closed in 2007 because we relocated back to Florida. Um, and, uh, we continued with the label. And, um, so that's not a really good question because there's a lot involved in I this. Imagine. It's not something, it's not something that I thought, you know, I thought about daily, like, wow, I'd love to be a record store owner. I'd love to be a, uh, you know, own a record label. And I'd love to work with all these bands. You just don't think of those things. And then when you do that, it's such a learning curve. I'm still learning. It's 17 years in. I'm still learning because the music business is, is evolving. It's been changing every day since this day I started. What worked a year ago or a day ago or a week ago, probably does not work today or may not work tomorrow. So um, just really, really tough as far as that goes. Um, I, I say when I, when I listen to music, so I do, I do, I do the A&R thing. I also do the promotion. I also do the sales, you know, so I try to get uh, reviews for artists. I try to get uh, sales through, uh, distributors, uh, online distributors, as well as I have a, signed up recently, signed a worldwide distribution deal with a, a major um, distributor. Fantastic. Um, but when I'm when I'm looking for music, when I have that hat on, as far as um, an A R N R type person, if you want to call it that, I have. I both look at bands and I also have bands recommended to me and I, and I treat them the same way. It's I listen to the music. That's, that's the number one priority. I listen to music and I go, do I like it? Because I listen to it from a fan of music, not as someone that's trying to make profit off of it. I don't listen to it because I think it's going to become the next, uh, you know, Genesis album or, you know, popular Genesis album or the next Peter Gabriel album or, or whatever style of music it is, as far as that goes. Um, so I don't listen to it in that respect. I listen to it as a fan. Is it something that I like? And if it's something that I do like, how is it going to hold up in time? Is it going to be, does, does it have that, um, longevity factor where if you listen to it in a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now, is it still going to sound fresh and unique? And um, a lot of music, as you, as you know, being you know doing what you do, there's a lot of music that we 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 find what we discover, and we go, "Oh my god, this is so great!" And then after three or four spins, you kind of go, "Wow, it really wasn't that good." Or maybe a year later, you pick it back up and you go, "Wow, what was what did I see in this? I just don't see it." Um, and so I want that to be. I don't want that to be part of the equation. So I really want music that has a feel like it's going to stand the test of time. Now there's no magic, uh, no crystal ball that says that that's going to happen because even, you know, I'm just a human, just like anyone else. And I'm going to pick things because I like it and doesn't mean necessarily mean that it will have that, um, standing 10 years from now. One would just hope, right? Um, 
And so that's that's that hat. Um, what else? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot involved in, in doing this. I'm sure like there is. Said, so are you... You have your hands on in pretty much all aspects. Is is your wife also involved? Uh, she is. Uh, she helps uh, with the paperwork and stuff like that, and she, uh, you know, books and stuff like that. But um, so it's it's me, and then I have a, a young lady. Um, her name is Rebecca Avalar, and uh, she uh, does a lot of promotion. She's kind of uh, been on the quieter side lately because her job uh they've been the business is selling and uh, there's been a lot of involvement there but and then from time to time i have people that volunteer and help out um over the years i've had quite a few people that volunteer and help out so because we're really just a small little family label i mean our footprint looks massive but it's all it's all about perception right um you want to make yourself look as positive and as good as possible. And and our artists do that for us. I mean, I don't have to do as much as, as they do um, in that respect, but um, we've been working with artists for 17 years. So we've really built a bond between them and, and the public as well. Um, social media as bad as it is, in my opinion, is yeah. also a plus because um I have a lot of people that reach out not only to the bands, but also to myself. And they say, you know, oh, this is a really great thing that you're doing or whatever. Or, I love that album or, you know, that album, you know, really made a difference in my life. And that's kind of why I do what I do is, is to try to help the artist um, have a voice. I, they I had, they have a voice in this in, in a big way because of the music, but, Sometimes that's just not enough. And, and I'm not saying I'm the answer to that question. I mean, there's bigger and better labels. And I always tell every artist that I work with, I says, listen, you know, if you ever come across, uh, another label comes across you and says, you know, we'd love to sign you, like, let's say Inside Out or K-Scope or Universal or Sony or whatever, uh, I'm going to back you. I'm going to do whatever it takes to help you get that position because, Ultimately, it's about the music and, and the artist and not about myself and my ego. Very cool. Very cool. Now let's check out a bit more music you didn't know you would love from Nick's Melodic Revolution Records. First, I have Hotel Nostalgia slash Enigma One by U.S. Proggers, The Gardening Club, which I will immediately follow with Peaceful Planet by Forever 12, also from the U.S., Thank you. 
Surround me, free from the darkness that bound. 
emotions elevating everybody's dark emotions to uncover all the very hidden treasure and discover how it is we live together What we just heard was Peaceful Planet by Forever 12, which comes from their latest release called Neighborhood of Spirits. Prior to that, it was Hotel Nostalgia slash Enigma One, which is a recent single for the Gardening Club. After our first short break, we'll get into some more of my interview with Nick and hear more great music from his Melodic Revolution Records label. So stay tuned. The vinyl may be gone. The album art may be a JPEG. Hey! 
lives on forever. Hey, Prague music fans, are you looking for hard-to-find CDs, vinyl albums, or music memorabilia? Like original or reproduction tour posters for your collection? If so, check out the Madman's Music Emporium and Gallery. With over a million items in stock, Madman Mike, who runs the Emporium and Gallery, could have just what you are seeking in his online store. And if you don't see what you're looking for there, don't hesitate to email him. After all, it's kind of hard to have a million items represented on the online store. Find the online store at ebay.com forward slash str forward slash Mike's Good Stuff 20163 or email Mike at Fillmore District, that's F-I-L-L-M-O-R-E-D-I-S-T-R-I-C-T at yahoo.com. And if you missed any of that info, find it in the tabs for this episode at my website, progwatch.com.
I started this portion of the program with more new music from Nick Katona's MRR label. A new signing, in fact, called Days Before Tomorrow from New Jersey, USA. The name of the track is Has Time Moved On? And it comes from the band's new album called Now and Then, Part 2, Stories and Dreams. Now let's listen to a little more of my chat with Nick Katona who owns and operates Melodic Revolution Records. You have quite a smattering of uh, countries represented on your label now, United States, South America, the UK, Sweden, Finland, Germany, Belgium. So, you know, how do you go about coordinating all that? Are you, uh, I found a lot of Europeans who aren't native English speakers to be very good English speakers, and I'm assuming that it, does that probably help you out quite a lot too? Yeah, I, I you know I, I I don't think I work with anyone that can't speak English. I work with a couple that sometimes uh, they I know what they mean, but they don't exactly uh, say the right words or in the right order. Um, you know, and then, you know, I'll ask again and, you know, in a different way or something. Um, yeah, I, I, I love working with bands from all over the world. And the one thing I don't know if you've noticed, um, unlike a lot of other record labels, there are no, and I mean, there are no two bands on our label that sound even remotely alike. I, I think I have noticed that. Yeah. You have some really different sounding stuff. And I do that <laughs> intentionally. You know, because there's, for example, like if you uh, are t- tied to Trent Reznor's label, right? Every band has that industrial sound of Nine Inch Nails. That, that's just, that's what he wants. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But I don't want to be tied to a band that only sounds like the Bay City Rollers, just as a, as a, as a shits and giggles thing there. Pardon my French. Um, but I, I really want diversity. I, I want people to discover that that there's music out there's a lot of music so much music and i get so peeved when people say oh there's no new music out or you know the, the best music anyone ever wrote was by the time they hit their 30s or music doesn't exist anymore and just it's on and on and it's like wow you know apparently you're not looking for it because it's there there's just i discover at least a dozen new bands every single day that's, I mean, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, you know, I, I agree. You know, there's a lot of great music still being made in our favorite genre. And, you know, you can't just say, Oh, the best stuff was all done by 1980 or what. No, I don't agree. There's a I lot of, great, there's a lot of great music out there right now. And you're, you're putting out a, a lot. What's your tagline? Music you didn't know you would like. That's an, yeah, music you didn't know you would love. And yeah. okay, you would I, love. I came up with that by accident. I just like, it was I didn't make it a slogan. It just it just on one of my posts I did that and someone said, Wow, I really like that. And they said, It's true. There's stuff that you released that I listened to that I didn't know I would like. So that kind of so we've had three taglines. The first one was music is our voice, um, which I still love. Uh the other one was music without without music, there's only silence, which is really deep. Most people don't understand what that means. Um, I mean, if you think of that one, if you were out in the woods and you didn't hear the trees rustling and the, the creek making sounds, you know, running down the rocks and, and the mud and, and the trees and all that stuff. And there was just nothing but silence. That's what music would be like without, you know, so in that respect. Um, 
So I stopped using that. I still use it, but not as often. But when I came to uh, music you didn't know you would love, that really makes a lot of sense because we're not a um, MRR is not a known quantity. We're not like Inside Out Music. So anyone that for most of the bands on Inside Out Music, people know who they are. They know who the Flower Kings are. They know who Pattern Seeking Animals are. They know who you know X, Y, and Z is, and so they can identify with that. But the music that MRR creates and brings in to um, the fold is bands most people have never heard of. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean they're they're not making interesting stuff. Exactly. Yep. And you're trying to get it out there, and that's uh, that's a noble endeavor, I believe. Thank you. So, um, changing gears a little, you you are involved in some other endeavors, actually. Uh, Peacock Sunrise, Power of Prague, or I guess it's Resonates. Yes. Want to talk a little yes. about those? What you're what you're doing there? Yeah. So okay. So Peacock Sunrise Records is a, an imprint or sublabel, whatever you want to call it of melodic revolution when melodic revolution started off it was supposed to be um if you listen if you if you dig into just those two words melodic and revolution um, melodic means anything that is appealing to the ears revolution uh, a lot of people think of it as one of two things they either think of war or Mm -hmm. they think of something spinning but actually if you look it up in the dictionary it actually also means to challenge one's mind and we challenge people to to listen to what we've got. And so Melodic Revolution was supposed to be a catch-all label. It was supposed to be for melodic rock and pop and jazz and blues. It wasn't supposed to be a prog label. However, uh, even though we started off with melodic rock bands and, and some rock bands and a couple of blues bands, pop band, uh, our prog section sector really took off. Um, because I love Prague. I love all kinds of music. I believe, I believe there's two kinds of music and, um, there's music that I love and music that everyone else loves. I don't believe that there's good music and bad music because I think there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that kind of takes care of that. So, um, but because it became a Prague label, I started Peacock and, because of an artist that I, I really fell in love with his music named Sun King Rising. And he was an Americana band. I thought, you know, this definitely is not going to wash on on Melodic Revolution Records. And I told him, I says, man, if you uh, sign with me, I'll, I'll form a label right around you, which I did. And we now have like six or eight artists on there as well. And that label's growing, but slowly compared to this one. And that one is going to be more Americana, um, pop, blues, jazz, the stuff that we're going to start keeping there and separate from the prog and the metal, the prog metal and stuff that's on MRR. Uh, so those are the two labels. Then um, in 2009, I started a, a, a social network. This was about the same time that Facebook started called um, Power of Prague. Mm-hmm. Um, but that ran its course after about... Uh, Eight or nine years, Facebook to- took over, and MySpace was dead. And Power Prog was the answer to the question of what would it be like if we not only had social media, but 
a music platform built into the same place, a website for bands to have their stuff. People could see their music, hear their music. We'd have a news portion, the whole yards. And it got to the point where um, it just wasn't feasible anymore to keep it as a social network. So we converted over just to strictly news. And it's a news blog um, where we've been in the top 50 for the last eight or nine years. I don't know how. Um, I don't know why, but we are. Hmm. Uh, and I'm thankful for that, but uh, it's beyond me. And then, again, um, since I had one that was just progressive, I have bands that are signed to our label that are not just pro- not progressive. I have bands that are on the label that are rock and, like I said, jazz and pop and stuff. And I thought, I have to have some, a, an outlet for them as well, because I know there's a lot of other outlets, but there's one I wanted one where I could dedicate to not only my artists but other artists with the same kind of thing. So I started Resonates, and that I launched in 2019, about the same time as I did the Peacock Sunrise Records. Um, and again, it's strictly a, new, a music news blog. Um, we have a radio station with six channels. We have a, a prog state, a prog channel a rock channel, two all-genre channels, and a couple different metal ones. One that's straight metal, uh, like old-school, 1980s kind of style, and then one that's symphonic metal, which is uh, like more like with Intentation or Epica and stuff like that. Um, and the reason for all of these factions, when I started Power of Prague and Resonates, the same thing came into play as like, I want to be able to not only promote my stuff, but other people's stuff. And by promoting people's stuff and posting it on social media and stuff, people go like, wow, who's this, who's, who, who's this guy that has, you know, this blog or who's this guy that has this radio station or, and then I was DJing for many, many years. And they go, wow, who's this DJ? And so it, it always, I always had the intentions of it helping benefit my artists, which I think it's, it's done quite well over the years. Oh, so when you say you're, you have these six different stations, are they mainly like a auto DJ kind of thing? Or do you actually have, you know, people like me who are doing shows or, or submitting shows or? No, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's really streaming. Uh, I put, I put music up there. I change it out all the time. Um, there's commercials, uh, on, uh, some of the stations. Some of them don't have it. Um, and so I have artists that submit their stuff all the time and I put it up there. We have our artists on there as well. But again, it's, it's not just about my artists. It's about music and in, in, in general. Um, so we stream it. I, I would love to do DJs at some point, uh, on some of the stations. Um, the, the station, uh, Malak Revolution, uh, radio is, is, uh, sponsored by, um, 113 FM and uh, there's a which is run by my brother and he's got quite a few stations that's all he does is uh, run the stations and he he DJs all the time but I have not yet uh, gotten to the point where I'm even ready to do that I would love to at some point so now let's listen to a bit more music from MRR artists Steve Bonino and Color Achura from Steve we'll hear Maggie's Saloon and from Coloratura, the LSD no-no. 
He pulls the curtains up and turns the red light on another night. John is at the back door selling barrels full of whiskey train delight. By one, the girls come in and change into their money-making clothes. The piano player's tune is drifting down the street, so everybody knows. The lights are on at Maggie's saloon.
right side. Tape on fingers, watching for signs. Throw hard at times, pinpoint control. Into zero, in, in the zone now. I think I'm losing. I think I'm losing. I think I'm losing time. Everyone's had help in this game Don't say nothing, it's bad luck Whatever happened to me yesterday The art of intimidating, trying to get an edge Don't know what this fool might do I always had a dream Have you ever had a dream? Thank you.
I'm tired of the old ways, and I need new ways of thinking. The first track in that little two-song block was Maggie's Saloon by U.S. artist Steve Bonino, which comes from his latest album called Acoustic. Following that, we heard the LSD No-No by Coloratura, who come from the Ohio River Valley, not too far from my own neck of the woods. You can find that one and 10 others on their latest album called WTF Was That. I think we know what that stands for. Which, uh, anyway, the album was just very recently released. Stay with me through our second short break to hear more great Melodic Revolution Records music and the rest of my chat with Nick Katona, who runs the label. You're listening to Frog Watch. Let's start the final third of the show with some music from a relatively recent signing to the MRR label. The Terry Newman Project, who hail from the Netherlands. This is Karma Man.
Again, that was Karma Man by the Terry Newman Project, which is the band's first single since signing with MRR earlier this year. Now let's listen to the rest of my interview with Nick Katona, head of Melodic Revolution Records. Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground here, but I definitely want to ask you about the future. What do you, what do you think's uh, coming down the line here? You any new releases or new signings that you're particularly excited about? What's up? Uh, you're you're a coordinator for Rosfest also. I mean, you know, you want to tell us what's uh, coming down the pike, as they say. Um, Rosfest, uh, we're working on uh, 2025. Uh, uh, that's about all I can say right now, just because I don't want to give anything away. Uh, okay. As far as new music goes, uh, we got so much new music. We just, uh, in fact, you've got some new music by some of the new artists that we've just recently signed. Like, yeah, you saw a big folder this morning, but I didn't get a chance to go through it or anything. So, yeah, that will make up the bulk of the show, I imagine. Yes. Uh, uh, and you're going to find some really good stuff in there uh, that I sent you. Cool. Uh, I sent you, uh, one of the bands I sent you, is the, the band is called... Uh, Terry Newman project and it features uh, Don Schiff on bass from uh, um, uh, yeah rocket scientists right? rocket scientists and Utopia and and he's also on yeah, a, a, yeah Don, Don gets around <laughs> yeah he does uh, yeah. I mean he's played with everyone from uh, Elvis Presley yeah. to you name it you know I mean yeah. he's he's been in the business for a long time real and deal so the song that that I sent you is called Karma. It's a brand new release. It, and the guitarist is from the band called Sleazebees. So this is more melodic rock, but it, it does this particular song that I sent you. It's the newest release and definitely has prog overtones, but it's not a prog tune. But right. I hope, I hope that you play it. I hope people like it because it, it really is amazing. Uh, I sent you over um, a track by um, the gardening club. Great outfit out of Canada. Pardon me? Yep. I've played them before. You sent me some of their stuff a while back. Yeah, and yep. I played it. Sent you uh, a new track from Forever 12. Um, Steve Bonino and Steve Bonino Projects. It's two different things. Steve Bonino is signed to Peacock because um, that stuff is more the pop stuff and folk mm-hmm. stuff. And Steve Bonino Project is the prog stuff. And uh, so that's on uh, MRR. Sent you a new color tour track uh, called um, uh, Mind Blank. Sorry. Um, I also sent you a track from the new Gail Elliott and uh, Electromag's album. Um, the new Tap album that just came out. Really good stuff. Uh, anyways, you got a bunch of good stuff there that, that hopefully you'll go through. Uh, one yeah. of our newest sightings that signings that we just announced uh, this weekend was Emerald City Council. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to check that out. Anything about no, them? No, I don't know. Uh, give me a second here. Let me click on uh, their profile page. Um, what I can tell you is uh, the singer for the band is going to be well-known enough to where most people know who he is. His name is Jake Livgren. He's uh, sang for Kerry Livgren, Protocol, yeah. uh, Phoenix, uh, Vertical One. I'm just a bunch of bands. 
And, uh, you know, and if anyone doesn't know who Protocol is, it's basically, you know, Kerry Livgren and him, and Kerry's from Kansas, of course. So it's got a, a beautiful Kansas-esque kind of sound. But there's other great members in the band. There's Noah Hugate, Jerry Nichols, uh, Seth Hankerson, and Brent Bristro, who formed the band and uh, is a saxophonist and is, has a master's in, sa- in um, brass instruments. And um, phenomenal, phenomenal. People are going to love this album. I really do think Emerald that. City, Emerald City Council, you said? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Look for that for sure. Um, and we've got a couple of the other announcements that we haven't made yet that are in the works. Um, but, you know, we're always looking for new artists to uh, to promote. The thing is, when I started the label, I really wanted it to be like two to four bands, right? Five max. Mm-hmm. And I found out real quick that you can't do that. And the reason for that is um, if they all release an album the same year and then nothing happens for five years, you're sitting in, in darkness for five years. You can promote it and promote it, but after a while, you know, if nothing else is happening, people just kind of forget about you. They kind of move on. Yeah. And I, I it, it took me years to figure that out. You know, I would, add, you know, at first I, I had the five and then I ended up with six. And then I started realizing by the time I hit 10 bands that every time I started working with a new band, it's not that I was ignoring the old bands because I was still promoting them. And to this day, I have artists that have been with me for 19, 17, 17 years, and I still promote them as if they were a brand new artist. I don't, I don't, uh, stop promoting someone just because their music is, uh, not recently released. In fact, one thing I don't like is when I talk to a reviewer, I said, or even a radio station, you know, a DJ say, Hey, I got this music out by this band. I was, would you be interested in reviewing it or playing it or whatever, featuring it? And they'll go, well, you know, it's it's over than it's older than six months old. I go, yeah, but have you ever ever heard it? No. Have your your listeners or readers ever heard it? No. Well, then it's new because I believe all music is new till someone discovers it. So even as a DJ, when I would play stuff, um, that song was always new because we always had new listeners that would tune in, you know. And so uh, I think that's how. Radio back in the heyday made songs that stood the test of time that are so popular today is because they did play it all the time. I find that a lot of internet radio stations, they'll play a new song maybe one or two weeks in a row, but there's so much new music that they just move on. And that song just kind of drops and disappears. Yeah. And magazines are the same way. You know, they'll, they're like, well, you know, it's over six months old. I said, yeah, but no one knows about them. It's six months old. In theory, but in reality, it's brand new. I think what you're touching on is something I've thought about myself in the past. That there's just so much now. There's just so much out there. There is. Um, we're inundated, basically. Yeah, I, I'm even guilty of what you were talking about myself. I mean, I'm constantly getting new releases, you know, through Progzilla Radio. And, you know, I'm listening to stuff all the time and it's new stuff. And sometimes I realize, well, I really like that album that I, that I played on my show a couple of times three months ago. 
you know, or, or six months ago or nine months ago, but I haven't listened to it since then because I'm constantly listening to the new stuff, looking for, you know, so they got to play, got to play the new stuff. So sometimes I like to just stop, do a show like this, you know, where maybe it's an artist interview, you know, and, uh, I'm going to center on one person. I'm going to play a lot of their old back catalog. Um, or sometimes I just like to do a special where it has a theme, but I can dig back and just play all kinds of different stuff that fits the theme and, and not necessarily just curry to, you know, what's, what's new. You know, I mean, I try to keep my listeners up on what's going on out there and in the stuff that I like, like the new Stephen Wilson album, I, I kind of like it. And, you know, I'm playing some of that stuff the last few weeks. But, yeah, sometimes it's just like we're inundated, especially someone like me who has all this stuff available, you know, through Progzilla. All these artists are sending us stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, there's never a short. I have more basically I have more music than I can even listen to. You know, exactly. It's a, for, for me, it's a good problem to have. You know, I'd rather have too much music than not enough. But uh, oh, it's, a good pro- it's a good problem in, in many ways. And, and you know, when I have time, I, I do try to listen to your show time to time. And I love your show. You, you put I, on a really good show. But I really uh, appreciate it. But as far as the amount of music, you're right. So the distributor that I deal with, for example, well, even if you don't use a distributor, if you if you just go to Spotify, and that's a love and hate relationship with everyone in the business, yeah, and yeah. even a lot of even a lot of fans. <laughs> um, but they have a hundred thousand uploads every single day. Yeah. Okay. Do the math. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to be slammed by. It's so it's even what I'm doing. I wish I had fifty of me because I would love to do fifty times more than what I'm doing. Um, because there's just so much great music out there that needs to be heard. And I, I, I think it's really kind of, uh, well, that's word out where I'm looking for. So I noticed that when I, I'm on social media, like Facebook and I'll post an album by, you know, yes, I, all of a sudden everyone chimes in and they think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but then yeah. I'll post something by a band that's brand new and I won't even get a like. I won't even get a comment. I won't even say. I, I won't. Even, I don't even get someone saying, "Who are they?" Right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel so bad. That this is why I do what I do. So, even in my personal life, I play vinyl every night. I, I spend a little time listening to unwind. I go to my music room and I listen to vinyl. And every night, you know, while we eat dinner, my wife and I, you know, we'll throw on a, a, a side of something. And I'll post stuff on my Facebook page every single night, a piece of vinyl. And uh, you'd be surprised how many people don't comment on so many of the things. Um, and I don't mind that they don't comment, but they don't even hit the like. They don't even, it's like, they, you know, because Facebook lets you know if someone it was impressed, there's an impression of, of a post you did. I don't yeah, even have yeah. impressions on some of these posts. It's like people just go scroll right past it, which it I think it's, it's hilarious. At the same time, it's very sad because yeah. it's not because I'm listening to it. It's because um, I don't want you to listen to it because I'm listening to it. Um, I want you to listen to it because I want you to discover something new. And even if it's a band that's not, even if it's a band that's signed to a major label, I mean, I play a lot of that stuff. There's bands that are signed to major labels. and um, But no one knows who they are because they're kind of in the underground realm. 
kind of like uh, MRR is and, and our artists. And uh, so I try to bring a little bit of joy to everyone, whether it's my artist or someone else's music. So I hope you enjoyed listening in on my chat with Nick Katona of Melodic Revolution Records. It was fun and interesting to get a different perspective on the prog rock music scene and great to get to know Nick a bit. I definitely enjoyed our conversation. Don't go anywhere just yet, though, as I have time for a few more new tracks from MRR artists. First up, from Colin Carter, former vocalist with the band Flash, which also featured original Yes guitarist, the late Peter Banks. I've got a track called Sea of Dreams. Following that, I'm spinning the prog beant by the multinational group TAP.
What we just heard was The Progbient by T.A.P., a melodic revolution records project which I recently featured on this program. For that program, I was joined by Susie James, Mark Cook, and Michael Jawborn of The Project, and it was episode 1037, if you missed it and are interested. Anyway, prior to that, we heard Sea of Dreams by Colin Carter, former Flash vocalist now working as a solo artist and living in Oregon, USA. That one comes from Colin's most recent album, Tracks in Space. Before I sign off, I'll ask you to please remember to check out progwatch.com, where you can find all sorts of cool stuff like links to featured artists' web pages, links to Rob Fisher's reviews on weeks when we have a Progressive Discoveries feature, as well as all of my social media links, my email, and ways to subscribe to the show. You can also listen right there, search for any artists I've ever featured, and find a link to my Patreon page if you would like to help support the show. Oh, and you can also find out more information about the Madman's Music Emporium and Archive if you are looking for hard-to-find vinyl, CDs, or music memorabilia. Hit him up with an email if you don't see what you're looking for. He literally has over a million items in stock and only a small portion actually represented on the store. Until next time, be well, support the artists, and prog on, my friends. Thank you.